Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of Redheads Book Club October edition. We missed you. It's been a month or two since we did an episode of the Redheads. I've been on maternity leave for a month, but we are back better than ever. Snitch's Choice Month. There's so much to break down with my garlies. Becky, Dana, Snitch, how is everyone? Hey, what a month it has been. It's so crazy how much has changed since we last gathered. It's, it's so, so crazy, crazy because we record these episodes once a month. So much really changes in a month betwixt all of us. And this was two months. So we have one new baby, one wedded Bex. Hey. And it's wild. And that's it. <laughs> and that, anything of note with the two of you? No. Nah, not same of note. Same old snitch, yeah. Okay, well, let's start with Bex because in the time off, you used your time wisely and I you sure got did. married. I sure did. I had a wedding, and September 2nd was truly the best day of my entire life. I got married to Evan. I'm a Mrs. Mintz, and we just had an incredible wedding weekend. Um, It was spectacular. It's so crazy that all these life events transpired in between episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's an amazing time. Not planning a wedding has allowed me to really enjoy life again, so that's been really remarkable. And now I'm going on a honeymoon, ladies. So thank you all so much for those redheads who provided amazing book recommendations. I have such a hearty list to take me into my honeymoon. And I'm gone a little over two weeks. And I plan on reading so freaking much. I cannot wait. Like, I I don't want to look at my phone. I can't wait to hear how many books you read. And on the next episode, for you to dominate that section of the podcast with other books we read this no time. I really need to dominate that section because like I honestly like knowing me like watch me read two books and like that's just <laughs> not acceptable I need percent. to I need to dominate next section so like I, I'm putting that on myself okay I think that you really are going to and we're very excited for your honeymoon but we're excited to have you for the next hour and change to discuss this month's book which was a snitch's choice which leads me to ask snitch how are you I'm great I'm so freaking excited to talk about this book like there's I mean I was trying to because now we have this new thing where like the person chose the book does the summary you guys this is the hardest fucking book to summarize because 1800 things happened Mm -hmm. and it was 640 pages but I did my best I like wrote out a script and I'm just so so excited to get into this book 
I'm excited too, but before we do, Dana, I have to know, how are you? Wow, I'm rhyming. I'm excited too, but before we do, Dana, I have to know, how it's are you? Almost like you wrote a children's book Literally. or something. We'll get to that. I'm good. I just got back from Austin, Texas for my sister's bachelorette party, and we honestly talked about snitch a lot. Wait, one of what? my sister's one of my sister's friends' brothers is marrying Snitch's best friend, yes. Mandy. Yes. Oh yeah. We did and talk about that. I saw Ryan on like Travis. Oh yeah, so <laughs> random. So it was just a snitch-filled weekend. You kept coming up left and right in all these different conversations. I'm just everywhere. Everything's coming up snitch. I think you like Jackie's confused. Like she didn't put together anything that you just said. <laughs> no, that's not a Jackie problem. That's like no one can put that together. I've never yeah, been I'm more- just like. Why are we talking about Ryan on Lake Travis on this podcast? No, Ryan is the least of our problems. Mindy? <laughs> what? Who knows that Mandy? Mandy. Mandy. Oh. Mandy. <laughs> I was like, who's Mindy? Oh my God, I'm I can't. Guys. Amanda. I was just like in every conversation I had, it somehow came back to snitch. So I That's just thought nice. of her a lot this week. Honestly, weekend. maybe I'm just like a center of excellence and like you can just like yeah. use me and in you know, these, different ways. These girls were a little younger, so it was like more your age group. Yeah. Oh. So like you use me as a common denominator. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> she was trying to relate to the youth. Yeah, I was like, anyone on TikTok? <laughs> Oh my gosh. You're like, you should add me on Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, if we wanted to know what she was up to this week, and we should have had her on Snapchat because I had no idea that you were away, honestly. <laughs> oh, because I did. You don't post anything. Snitch knew. I knew. I watch all of her stories <laughs> on Snapchat. Yeah. Are She's you on Snapchat counts? I don't post, but I watch. But she should lurks. people follow you? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Snitch well, you know where they can follow you in your adventures? On Instagram, TikTok, sometimes YouTube. Yes. Oh, and, and the camper and the counselor. <laughs> right. And the camper and the counselor, which right. is my children's book that comes out next week. This episode drops on Thursday. My book comes out on Tuesday, you guys. As this is a book podcast, I'm so excited to talk about my book here, just quickly, in terms of like what I've been up to this month, in addition to birthing an angel named Charlie. I Charlie's wrote a children's Angels. book. Charlie's Angel, Mama's Angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote a children's book called The Camper and the Counselor, and it is based on my love for my dear sister, Counselor Snitch. That's me. That's Counts. And it's the cutest, sweetest book ever. I put my heart and soul into it and blood, sweat, and tears. And if you haven't already, please pre-order a copy, or if you're listening to this and it's past Tuesday, October 10th, get your copy. They're available everywhere books are sold. So head to thecamperandthecounselor.com for all the links, Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, Trulia, Talk Shop Live for a signed copy. If you're in New Jersey, I am doing a book signing at Books and Greetings on Saturday, October 14th. So find the link in my Instagram and come and see me. Bring your babies, bring your selves. It's going to be so much fun. No, you'll get your book there and I'm going to sign it for you. And then I kiss your baby and then we're going to chat. We're going to have a great time. Great. So I'm very excited about all of that. And I'm really excited about this episode of The Redheads. One, I miss my girls. Two, this book was booking. Now, Snitch is in charge of the recap because that's a new thing we're doing here where the person who chose the book has to recap it at the top of the episode so I can save my lungs from despair. But this book, not only was it super buzzy, New York Times, Book Talk, Bookstagram, 
but it was good as well. So we read Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros, A Snitch's Choice. And if you didn't read along with us this month, I would say read the book. I really would. But if you don't want to read it all and you just love your girls, I would say Snitch is going to tell you what the book was about. Okay, I'm going to do my absolute best, but just keep in mind, like, there's it's a 640-page book. I couldn't get everything in it, but you will get the um, the – vibe I guess I don't know okay Okay. let me pull up my script BRB (laughs) we're ready the first book in the Empyrean series written by Rebecca Yaros fourth wing is a new adult fantasy novel that follows the struggles of Violet Sorengel and her fellow cadets as they fight for their lives to become dragon riders for the kingdom of Navarre Violet is a 20 year old resident of the fictional land of Navarre and she's about to enter Basquiat War College in the scribe quadrant like her father studying books and history Who's moving? Okay. But her mother, the commanding general, has other plans and orders her to seek entry into the elite dragon writer's quadrant, which is extremely dangerous and deadly. Basically, she wanted to be, like, a scribe and just, like, read books, but her mom is making her ride dragons. As a daughter of a famed war general and sister to two war heroes, Mira and Brennan, Violet must overcome her physical frailty. Oh, yeah, because she has, like, some sort of disease, which, by the way, when I was looking it up, she has Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It's implied, but the author confirmed it. And it's connective tissue disorder. So she has to fight extra hard not just to succeed, but also to survive. So not only must she prove her strength, but she must also navigate an increasingly complex war that disrupts her understanding of the Navarre Kingdom and the world beyond. The book begins with Conscription Day, which is said to be the deadliest day for cadets. Cadets have to walk across what they call a parapet, which is basically like a balance beam in the sky, which is how I imagined it. Um, But it's outside and it's storming outside in order to enter the rider's quadrant. And even if you do make it, only a fraction of the class will live to graduation in three years. Some background on this fantasy world. How am I doing, guys? <laughs> you're really good, actually. You're really detailed. Oh, Keep going. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, if I'm talking about dragons, no one's going to understand what I'm saying. Yeah, and this is a really hard, hard book to recap because you have to, like, create a world. Yes. So now Keep some, background, going, some background on this fantasy world. This book takes place on one fictional continent with two kingdoms. These kingdoms were at war for 400 years. Navarre is the larger kingdom, and in the kingdom of Navarre is Tyrandor, which is the largest province, and it is the only province to attempt secession 627 years later. After this rebellion, the officers were executed, and there were 107 innocent children were marked with the rebellion relic by the dragon who carried out this order of the king and conscripted their children into the rider's quadrant to either prove their loyalty or show their service through this death. Basquiat War College is in Navarre. There's a bunch of quadrants, wing leaders, section leaders, and Violet ends up in the fourth wing, which is why the name of the book is the fourth wing. Everyone is ranked as a cadet before threshing, which is October 1st, which was yesterday, so happy threshing, which is when the dragons choose a human rider with whom they bond. Dragons speak only with their bonded riders, and the bond creates both a relic and they get a signet, which is sort of like a special power in the humans, like mind reading or manipulating metal. Violet made it across the power pet, all while the guy behind her, Jack, tried to kill her because everybody wants to kill her because she's a Sorengale. Anyway, Violet finds Dane Atos, who her sister had told her to find him right away as they were childhood best friends and he would protect her and put her in her wing, which he did do. He's a second year leader whose father is an advisor to Violet's mother. So they're all like besties, you know? Anyway. But Violet's sister, Mira, who's a very famous rider, told her to stay the fuck away from the powerful wing leader, Zayden Yorsen. Zayden is basically described as tall, dark, and handsome, but has it out for her and hates her and wants to kill her. He and many of the others are only there because of the fallout from their parents' rebellion, after which Violet's mother executed their parents. So there's just, there's a lot going on, guys. Anyway, 
To make matters worse, Zayden's dad played a part in Violent's brother's death, Brennan. Brennan and her brother died. Not good. They go through a series of physical challenges. They get to threshing. During threshing, Violet bonds to not one, but two dragons, which is literally unheard of, like never happens, and obviously made her more of a target. She bound to Tarn, who is like this snarky, dry humor, overprotective. They like all have a whole thing. And he is one of the deadliest dragons in Navarre and the most celebrated in the Vale. He wasn't even supposed to be part of like the threshing. He hasn't bound to anyone. He's like not into that sort of thing. But he did. But she also bound to Andarna, who's a teeny tiny golden feather tail. She's a little cute thingy. She like doesn't even have claws. She has paws. She's basically like a dog at this point. But they both bound to her. Anyway, you can talk. You have a special connection with your dragon. Dragons only talk to the rider that they bond with. But here's where things get weird. Because... Tarn and Zayden's dragon, Scale, I think that's how you pronounce it, are mated and vice versa. So now Zayden and Violet, who hate each other, have now been forever intertwined. So that's great. So as their bond grows, so does their romance slowly burns until the spark fully ignites in magically smutty ways. Smutty ways. Turns out, anyway, oh my god, there's so much more. I like don't know if I should do it all. Okay. It's okay, Counts. Let it go? (laughs) It's yeah okay yeah anyway you did we good. find out that long story short so she goes through college no she goes uh, through the first year yeah she's going through her first year of college learning the ropes getting stronger Zayden has a vested interest in her survival one because they're mated so if she dies her dragon dies his dragon dies he, he dies. probably dies we think and two because he likes our girl he's fallen for her a little bit and over the next few months they work together a lot they get their smut on but they're they're holding each other at arm's length because they do not want to fall that would just be bad for everyone and they don't fully trust each other no they don't because up until she started school she always thought he would want to kill her and probably vice versa they're responsible for each other's loved ones dying you know there there's all this history But they defy the odds and they fall for each other reluctantly. They won't admit it. And then there is a final task of the school before graduation called War Games. Zayden plucks Violet to work with him and his team for the game. But there has been a betrayal and someone high up at the school, Dane's father, actually sent Zayden and his team to pretty much go die outside the realm where magic can't save them and where there's all this fucked up shit happening that Zayden has known about. And that's what his dad was rebelling against. It wasn't a succession. It was about trying to help these people outside the realm who are being attacked by what they thought were fictional monsters from child stories, but are actually very real. So there's... But also, the reason why they know all of that is because Dane betrayed Violet because his signet is that he can read your memories. If It's very Renesmee in Twilight. If he puts his hand to your face, which he was secretly doing and Violet like wasn't really realizing, so he knew all this information about Zayden and the rebels and all this stuff. And so she was supposed to go with Dane on this final mission, and she was like, nah, I'm going with Zayden. And Dane was like, I'll miss you, Violet, like, because he, she was going to die. He knew that they were being sent to die. So Violet learns that there is this whole rebellion that's happening right under her nose. Zayden is a part of it. He did not tell her all of this time. She now knows what's going on outside of Navarre and has to decide if she's going to 
continue to live as she was in the dark and pretend like these things aren't happening or if she's going to join the resistance and try and make things right in the world she gets injured in the battle outside the wards wards and she's poisoned and it's bad and she also saves the day in the battle of course because of course she does Well, also because the signet is that she can wield lightning right and And then she's she's injured she's down they need to take her to get help but the school is too far so they're taking her somewhere else Turns out they're taking her to the city that rebelled all those years ago. They're rebuilding the city. There's a resistance. Her brother is alive. He healed her. Welcome to the revolution. Mic drop. Sick. 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 Okay, that was really unfair to try and have you go that on your own. Are you kidding? We've never read a book like this on the Redheads, so we've never had to do such an in-depth recap. And we've never read a fantasy book. We've never read a book in a utopian um, world. Yes, we have. What? Um, Sean, my doorman's book. Oh, what book? true. How could we forget? What book? True. What was and that was Ghosts of Gotham. Ghosts that was another Gotham. dreadful that was recap. Dreadful. Yeah, that was a tough one. <laughs> But we made it through. That was fourth wing. You should really read the book because we did not do justice to the plot line. I need to know what does everyone think about this book? Let's start with Snitch as it was a Snitch's choice. What did you think? Did you like the book? Share. I loved this book. Like, I honestly, I didn't know I was going to love it as much because I'm really not a fantasy girly. Like, I've n- I never read Harry Potter. I never read Twilight. I never read, like, any of those things. I just didn't think it would be for me. Or, like, Game of Thrones I didn't read. I just watched but I loved it so much. Like, honestly, it was 640 pages, but I didn't want it to end. Like, I loved them. It was just, like, I thought it was so well done. And, like, everything that I've seen about the book is that everyone's, like, it's a very good intro to fantasy because I feel like a lot of these books spend an entire book setting up the land, whereas, like, I can't take that. Like, I thought they did a very good job of kind of, like, explaining everything, even though it's confusing, while also getting to the point. Yeah, explaining and moving along, which made the beginning kind of confusing. And I was like, the fuck is this threshing parapet? (laughs) Like, I couldn't keep it apart, but I just trusted that if I kept moving, that eventually these things would stick. And for the most part, they did. Yeah, no, I loved it so much. Honestly, I'm so glad that I waited this long because I'd known about it, but I waited to read it for this. But I'm so glad because now I don't have to wait that long between the sequel, which comes out in November. So everything is coming up snitchy. I loved this book. I'm excited to hear what everyone else think, thought. I hope everybody else loved it. All I know is that everyone who, the redheads, loved it. So like that makes me feel good. Yeah. Let's move to Rebecca. I think more friendly fire. You guys, I am so obsessed with this book. <laughs> I literally FaceTime snitch, like sitting on my couch, refusing to like flip the page because I did not want it to end. And I was just like, I've never been so aligned because I knew she loved it. Yeah. And I was like, we are on the same team once and for Finally. all. Obsessed with this book, but I'm not surprised at all. I am a true Harry Potter stan. Like I was that gal who was getting the, the released – Harry Potter, the minute it came out, like on that list, I remember getting it at camp and like reading it in a day. I loved Hunger Games. This was like a fusion of like Harry Potter, Hunger Games, Game of Thrones, like all of the best things. Mm -hmm. So I was all in. It was just so well done. I... I was obsessed. Yeah. I, I'm telling you guys, like, I never wanted it to end. The only thing I'm disappointed about is that the sequel isn't out because, like, I want it right now. Yeah. So this month, long wait. Um, the only thing I will say is I thought the end was a little rushed. All of a sudden, like, Violet is, like, incredibly poisoned, like, potentially dying. And, like, she wakes up three days later and, like, is 
totally fine. Like I wanted a little bit more there. Um, and she just like remembers everything and like has like three questions and like we're good to go. Like she and I mean, well, we don't know that. I think the author writing the last chapter from Zayden's perspective is like, because we don't know what's going on with Violet, what she experienced in those three days, how she's actually feeling. I feel like it leaves it open to like it not being that obvious. Yeah, perhaps. But like it was like 99.999% epic. And then like I had like that minor critique in the last five minutes. Okay, fair. Now, Dana, what did you think? Okay, I appreciated this book. I like the suspense and the action of it all. I too was a big Harry Potter fan. I loved Hunger Games. I was invested. I enjoyed reading it and taking myself out of my comfort zone because I'm not typically a fantasy girl. But the writing, you guys, it was beyond cringe for me. I couldn't deal with it. I just felt it was so YA, like written for a fourth grader. How many times was she going to repeat the phrase, oh, gods? Like, kind of funny the first time. Oh, it's not, pretty oh funny. God. It's pretty, pretty funny. funny. Because about what By you the oh 100th the usage of oh, gods, I was like, okay, we get the point you're trying to make. She also kept saying, like, fair point, point taken. Like, I don't know, something about the dialogue and the lack of compound sentences drove me mad. I know the purpose of this book is not to be some literary masterpiece. Like, it's action-oriented. I know that, like, I'm maybe my expectations are too high for what the genre was but I just prefer realistic fiction I thought the whole thing was like a little eye rolly with all the dragons and the powers and like I feel bad being so negative because at the end of the day I did really like it and want to continue reading it and didn't want it to end but like I I was rolling my eyes at so many parts in it like I I can't immerse myself so deeply into those like worlds as other people can understood so I loved it I thoroughly enjoyed it I will be reading the next one more in the beginning I felt that way of like oof cringe or like they would use the word freaking like you're so freaking rude I'm like oh yes but the more I liked the book the more the less those things bothered Mm me and so in the beginning like I did feel like one confused and there was so much world building that had to happen while also moving the plot forward and some of the like descriptions of what would happen on the parapet or like in the gauntlet I'm like oh Jesus like it's hard to read and like you really have to pay attention or else you don't know what happened you can't just like jump around uh so that was you know an adjustment for me but once I got into it like I was totally into it it was a really nice book to read like right now while I have a newborn and it just was like entering another world which I really appreciated and it really gripped me and I felt like the love story was pretty well done like there's enough like enemies to lovers real context there but enough there was enough where that showed how they really did fall in love and then also this bond with their dragons where I can believe that they overcame all those things so I mean one thing that I always hate is like when two people are clearly in love with each other OTP forever and they're like we can't be together don't fall for me I won't fall for you like shut up like when someone starts saying don't fall for me like that's just like immediately like it's like that means I'm going to so no it's just like shut up okay so (laughs) fucking dumb also it's like yeah okay so we're like gonna have sex and like do all that stuff for the rest of our lives because our lives are forever intertwined like you can't get rid of me but throughout all that we're not never gonna fall in love 
Right. And it's like, I'm reading this. I could tell these two people like each other, attracted to each other and their dragons are made. So I'm like, OTP, let's be together forever. We also don't have a choice, but good thing. We're obsessed with each other. And they read that as we can't be together. It'll get too complicated. So like what, you're really going to marry other people while your dragons are mated? Like, duh, the four of you are in some sort of quad. 1,000%. Like if there's any two people who should fall for each other, it's these two. Like there's actually no other option. It's like fall for me. You have to. We're bonded. Right, and they already like each yeah. other yeah. a lot. Yeah. I also know you're supposed to like suspend disbelief, but the whole premise of this book hinged upon her survival. Was she going to make it? Every single thing was like, is she going to survive? Of course she's going to fucking survive. There's right. 700 pages. So right. like, for me, I wasn't like, oh my God, on the nail, like tip of my toes. I never, yeah, I never thought she was going to die in any of the stuff. It was more so like, it was so, I was interested to see who was going to die like around her. Yeah. yeah. I agree. When she was walking the parapet, I was like, okay, the book just started. She's obviously going to be. And that's how I felt a lot. I'm like, I'm bored. Like, I'm not. (laughs) You know what would have been like an interesting tactic? If the book started with like a different character who dies on the parapet. And then we go to Violet. And it's just so that like you think maybe this next character is going to die. But that would just be a waste of time. Okay, well, let's get into the questions. We have great book club questions. We also have great redhead questions. We're going to talk about all the theories, all the plot lines. Let's get into it. Today's episode of The Redheads is brought to you by Natural Diamonds. Did you know you can tell the difference between a laboratory-grown diamond and a natural diamond? Laboratory-grown diamonds are mass-produced in factories in just a few weeks and are easily detected due to their distinct patterns. On the other hand, natural diamonds are over, over a billion years old and support the livelihoods of over 10 million people worldwide. The positive impact of natural diamonds is widespread. Around 80% of the value of every rough diamond remains in local communities and supports infrastructure, healthcare, education, and environmental protection. So next time you're thinking of celebrating a special moment in your life, remember that your natural diamond also protects vulnerable wildlife species and brings prosperity to many less fortunate communities around the world. For more information, visit naturaldiamonds.com. Great. Our first question... So there were a lot of reveals toward the end of the book. We're going to jump towards the end. Zayden and the separatists aiding the, quote, enemy. Venon's not being a fable. Brennan being alive. There was also a lot of foreshadowing throughout the book. Which of these things did you see coming? So did anyone see Zayden working for the other side in some capacity? That he was actually being, quote, unquote, traitorous? Did anyone see that coming? No. No, No, me me neither. Especially because of the the 107 scars. I didn't see him being traitorous, but I thought them meeting in groups when they weren't supposed to, like, indicated something was amiss, but not that. Well, I feel like when they met in that big group that Violet saw, it was, like, to prove that he didn't have other bad intentions. Like, yeah, he was breaking the rules, but just to, like, help people from his province and the fellow kids and, like, oh, that's his big, bad, traitorous thing. Because if she was eavesdropping... And they were doing bad stuff like she would have heard it. So that to me was like, oh, he's trustworthy. He's here and he's trying to help kids get through the program. I did yeah. not think he was doing anything. I thought maybe he had like some secret missions from command. That's why he was leave- leaving and coming back because he is super powerful. But not that he was like working his own thing. Yeah. 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 And they redacted everything. I was I thought that was like he was involved in that. Yeah. And like the, the fact that there was like bad stuff happening in the kingdom, yeah. but not that like the kingdom was so corrupt. Right. Yeah. Um, 
the venons not being a fable did anyone see anything like that coming no except no. like i definitely felt like there was going to be something like weird with the dad like i oh i thought the brother was alive the whole oh, time oh, i really no, did 100 percent i oh definitely they were just like skipped over him i i when that happened i was waiting for it even like right before that page i was like when's the brother coming out so i was questioning the brother she said like one time in the middle of the book after saying brennan was killed brennan was killed then it said brennan was killed by maybe fen or whoever according to the scripture or something i was like oh so maybe the scripture is wrong but i thought maybe someone else killed him because this whole time she had like an issue with Zayden because he was responsible in part for Brennan's mm-hmm. death. But I thought some, maybe somebody else killed Brennan and that would make it okay for her to be with Zayden. Then when they were bringing her to a healer closer than Basquiat, I thought it was going to be Brennan. Did anyone see it then? No. no. Oh, okay. So I was like a little ahead of I, the n- I didn't see it like <laughs> at all. And yeah, when who was coming into the room I was like is Brennan yeah yeah no <laughs> I, I yes Jackie I was very much like Brennan I thought alive. maybe like Mira like if anything like no but they needed a healer I, I thought either that Brennan or her mom had like something funky going on that like she was actually close with Zayden well we're gonna talk about the mom because yeah. she's probably the character we got the most questions about like what is she about so next question, do you think Zayden was justified in keeping his secret? If not, when was the appropriate time for him to tell Violet? If yes, was it fair of Zayden to ask Taryn to keep the secret too? I definitely think it was fair for him to keep the secret. I think the secret being revealed was a faux pas on timing, and that was unfortunate, but I don't think he needed to disclose what was going on until like he felt there there was an appropriate moment I don't know when that would have been but like let him do his thing he's been on his own trying to figure this out it's not like a small detail to unveil yeah I don't think she would have believed him so then it would have just turned into this kerfuffle and Dane would have seen her memory so it's not like he didn't trust her I think he would have trusted her even if she didn't believe him he would trust that she wouldn't tell anyone what he was doing but I think it would then expose the whole mission because Dane is just going around like getting people's secrets. When he came back at her with like, Dane has definitely been touching your face and seeing my shit. I was like, that's an amazing excuse for why he hasn't told her. Yeah, I wasn't mad at him for not no. telling her. I agreed with him that he didn't lie at any point. He obviously omitted stuff. But like when she asked him straight up, where were you that night? He said exactly where he was. She didn't ask, what were you doing there? Totally. You know, so I don't think... She has cause to be big mad, especially after everything that they went through. But like her acting at the end through Zayden's perspective, like they're never getting back together and they're just working together now. Like, come on, girl, your dragons are made in. You don't really have much more than that. But it's cute that you're pretending. (laughs) One thousand percent. I'm more mad at him for not saying I love you. Yeah. Yes. Why do you think the author chose to write the last chapter from Zayden's perspective? How did you feel about that? I was wondering the same thing. I like I didn't love it I don't know maybe it's because I didn't love it because it was even more cringy of writing like 1000% yeah. oh he was like here's I why love I this girl anything to get that chick back like I yeah, hated right, the that's writing like, literally not what he said but no it <laughs> kind of is like that that's exactly why I didn't like it you really hit the nail on the head Dana I was like I have this vision of Zayden being just like a little bit mysterious really composed just like you can't quite read him mm-hmm. and yes. I like that being my 
few and it really all cracked and crumbled and he was kind of like a tool and I was just like that's not the Zayden I know and love yeah Yeah. and it is kind of cringe when like female writers especially like write men so it's nice when we only hear about them like through the female perspective because like we can relate to that but then like it's like okay that's probably not what's going on in his head it made me worry that the second book, not that I'm necessarily reading it, is going to be from <laughs> Zayden's perspective. It's not. It's not. I like look. It's, okay. a, it's about her second year. Oh, okay, good. Oh, so she's going back to school. Next, we'll get there. We'll get there. And Darna said that the signets reflect who the writer is at their core. How do you think wielding lightning reflects violet? What signet did you find most beneficial? Which one would you Well, want? I feel like from a, like, um, what's the word? visual perspective like they made so many so many comments about her silver hair like they Mm -hmm. kept calling her silver one or like whatever so I feel like it made a lot of sense the lightning because like lightning silver um but in terms of like who she is as a human I don't know how that really correlates her but what I also thought was interesting is that her mom's signet is that she like controls the weather in a way and so hers is she wields lightning So I wonder if there's going to be some sort of, like, crossover between the two. A collab. Mm. I feel like lightning signifies, like, hugeness and loudness and power, which juxtaposed her every descriptor. And their whole thing was, like, checks and balances, yin and yang. You have to keep things in balance. So, like, I kind of liked how lightning didn't seem to fit her personality by being this loud, boisterous thing and, like, aided her where she might have been deficient in terms of, like, grandiosity. Yeah. Okay, low-key, like, I wasn't that impressed with that segment. (laughs) I just – I sort of expected more, and I, like, didn't see how it would become, like, so powerful in battle. Like, I I saw moments of it, but I'm like, I don't know. This, like, wasn't a little underwhelmed. I think it's going to prove to be – like a like a much bigger thing than we think like because at the end when she was talking to that what was it wyvern whatever and they were talking they were like how i don't remember what she said but that they were like holding her back she was like you could open up the sky like i think that there's like so much untapped potential that we don't even like fucking know what she could do yeah i agree and i think if she had like a huge obvious uh power that could dominate everything then she would be a threat to the general and even to her mother Mm -hmm. if she had like the biggest baddest power in the land but I think wielding lightning combined with maybe something else and Darna will give her and her ability to use her lightning and then maybe if she does work with her mom in the future like they control the whole sky which is where the battles really happen yeah so I think it has the potential for more but I agree I was like okay cool yeah but who do you guys think is the best one I do think stopping time was really good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. That's the best one. For sure. Yeah. But that's I, I, not a signet. It was just, and and that shit was confusing too. Yeah, like yeah. Cherry like, on top. Like, we can, I can give you my gift or I channel my power. They're not the same and one's oh, going to kill you. Oh, power. Yeah. That was confusing. Yeah. I like Danes. It's kind of like mind reading, but yeah. less intense. I guess. But yeah. But you have to get up close and personal. That's so hard in war. Oh, just like for friends. And also <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> intelligence, like interrogation, Satchel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked um, Rhiannon's because she could like like use her powers and things would like fly into, like she could. Yeah. Move things. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like during battle you could like 
take someone's dagger and be like, mine now. So true. So true. In chapter 37, the fable is quoted, quote, but it was the third brother who commanded the sky to surrender its greatest power, who finally vanquished his jealous siblings at a great and terrible price. The then and then says, this is what Snitch was saying, quote, you could command the sky to surrender all its power. What do you think the significance is that Violet's signet is commanding the sky? She says herself, I am the sky and the power of every storm that has been. I am infinite. Yeah, there's, I, I can't make out what all those things mean, but it's big. Yeah, I think we need to like read that fable and figure out what <laughs> what the origin story is. And I guess maybe that's Violet. And I think like without spoiling the series, she will, quote, command the sky to surrender its greatest power and finally vanquish the others. Well, wouldn't the yeah, sky's I- greatest power be her mother? The mom does storms. I feel like there's a they left a lot unsaid for the purpose of making a second book and like how she's gonna harness her lightning to be more than like we can expect. Yeah. But I was like also struggling to visualize the lightning situation. I was like at the end when they slowed time, it was helpful when she was like, "I drew the bolt into his head," but like when. She was having her smut time. Was there just like lightning bolts exploding everywhere? Yes. Yeah, in the sky somewhere like far off, you know, hit a yeah, tree. Yeah. <laughs> well, also the way I was yeah. imagining it was like her on the dragon and like striking lightning and then like her taking the lightning and moving it to hit. Like literally with her hand. That's what I saw. Oh, no, I thought she like sends a bolt into the sky, a bolt that's directed well, to hit someone. I think someone. it's both. I think it was only both no. when Andarna like channeled her power Maybe. and did some time stopping. Yeah. And then she like took the bolt and was like, squiggle. Yeah, she took the bolt or mentally. I think it's only mental. Like she sends a bolt like mentally and then with Andarna and the time she was able to slowly Try. zigzag the bolt to the person. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where I would get in the book where I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. Yeah. Okay, it appeared that Mira and Dane both knew a lot more than Violet about the retribution that Zayden swore against General Sarengale. How much more do you think they know about the reasons for the rebellion and the current war Peromiel is fighting against the Venon? So that's a separate question, the second one. But the first one, there's more to the Zayden, Scars, General Sarengale, you know, acceptance than we know right like do we know everything I don't feel like we do I don't know if we know everything but what we do know is that like he took responsibility for the 107 rebels like their children and so if one of them fucks up he dies and I think that that's a big deal because he I think has a really strong signet and he also scale is one of like the most powerful biggest dragons so it's like he would be giving all of that up for these people if that makes sense like no it doesn't and it also doesn't explain like why he's so secretive towards violet about everything like i feel like him and the mother did some sort of backdoor deal that we don't know about because and we also know that he like took the lashings for every Mm -hmm. kid was every kid gonna get a lashing if he didn't take them all i think it was just like a sign like, it's just, like, to remember. I'm confused. And also, like, yeah. that would make sense, it. though, Me because too. they, like, burn these relics into their, like, arms and backs. Like, what's a lashing now? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's more there, and it might explain the mystery surrounding Violet's mom, 
because one of the questions that we got, and we can just get into it now, is do you think, what side is she on? Is she really on the side of the government and in her position and ignoring what's going on outside the wards? Because we know that she knows about the venom being real because she had the dagger that would kill them. Do you think that she's part of the resistance, very undercover, or that she, is she bad or good? I think she's bad. The, I don't know. Brennan being alive casts some question marks. Is like part of me thought she made a deal with like keep my son alive, but like put him off in this island to never see anyone again versus killing him. But I'm I I am not confident in that. Now that we're talking about it, she's definitely good because we're all. <laughs> designed to believe that she's the worst human in the world and that's going to just be a new revealed surprise of like and her husband was clearly good like he yeah, was but on the that's right where side, I think I, so. like, I feel like something fishy happened with his death yeah some people were theorizing that she poisoned him or maybe he was you know espousing these theories too which got Fen Ryerson killed swiftly so maybe he had to die mm-hmm. also but also it's a question mark the fact that she sent Violet into the writer's writer's quadrant because on the one hand yeah it seemed really brutal she wasn't prepared and like her mom is like you're going you can't do this thing that you want to do like you have to be a writer and you know probably die but on the other hand imagine if she didn't and Violet is meant to be a writer she's meant to be a great something because she's a great scribe and a great writer and she's going to probably lead some people one day but like without her mother really pushing her towards that she wouldn't have reached her potential For sure, but maybe like I don't think her I don't think her mom was expecting that. I think I think that Violet's too smart for her own good that if she had gone to the scribe quadrant, like she would have figured some shit out. Whereas in the writer's quadrant she was more likely to die. Oh, that's an interesting theory, Snitch. The mom didn't want her to like come to certain conclusions as a yeah. scribe. I thought like the mom had a more intense incentive than just my, our whole family's writers you got to be one like she knew something that we didn't about what it would mean for her to become a writer but I don't know if she could have that much foresight with the power she was going to gain well someone wrote into a question saying since Violet's mother's decision to send Violet into the writer's quadrant was a last minute decision could she maybe have switched sides after learning that the scribes were erasing history and this was her way of protecting Violet Now I got to read the sequel to see what the hell the mom's doing. (laughs) Yeah, but also, like, if you look back at the mom scenes, like, the mom ran into Brennan once when they were going up to the flight field. Mm -hmm. Not Brennan. No, sorry, Zayden. Right. And I could see, they didn't speak or anything, but I could see it being two people who are working together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, they they seem to kind of know the other that's right why, that's why I thought it was maybe going to be the mom coming in to heal Violet at the end because like I thought she was on Zayden's side in a way we were unaware of but she might be working for the resistance just from a position of power like how yeah. are they even getting weapons made of ward material to smuggle to well, the Gryphon Riders like, kept getting weapons made and things made like for Violet like different daggers and this and that and so I feel like it was he has some sort of like thing operation operation with like rebels yeah no but Red I think you're right that we're made to so obviously hate her because she's bad that she can't actually be bad yeah she's a damn hero also someone asked do you think Violet's dad might be alive too I thought that kind of from the beginning like that's who I thought would be alive I did Brennan didn't how did he die again a heart attack like a heart, heart attack? Like yeah. Sus. 
Definitely sus. Like in a magical kingdom? Does like that happen? Just, like, <laughs> or didn't he have a stroke or something? I don't know. But like his heart failed. No, he had two. Remember, like the, he survived the first one. The second one was fatal. Yeah, maybe someone tried to poison him once and then they poisoned him successfully. I don't know. There's definitely, whether or not he's dead, there's definitely going to be more that comes out about his death. Oh, for sure. And what he learned before he died that maybe made him susceptible to murder. Well, and also his note saying, like, when the time comes, I know you'll make the right choice. Yeah. Also, do you think Violet's sister Mira knows about the Vivern and Wyvern? I kind of have, like, a hot take. I think that Mira, because, like, while I love her and, like, I think that she's, like, badass and stuff, I feel like once she finds out about all this stuff, she's going to be, like, staunchly not on the rebellion Yeah, she's kind of a narc. Yeah. She's, like, Jane. Yeah. Well, I have two thoughts about her. One, I don't think she knows because she said she thought she saw a riot of dragons. I think what she saw was Wyvern and she couldn't understand it. But then on the other hand, her power is that she can fix wards. She's like good at, and by the way, don't ask me what a ward what's, is. What's a ward? No idea. Don't know. But if wards, someone. Aren't they like the borders essentially of like Navarre? Yeah, they're, they're like go outside magical the ward, border. The magic doesn't work. Is it it's a, physical? Yeah, but it's like made of magic and, okay. and knotted. I think it's like a barrier. It's like once you go, it's like, I think it's clear. and Like, like an electric fence. Yeah. Yeah. But because she has the power to fix wards and the weapons that were made for the Gryphon flyers are made of what's in the wards, I feel like she might be helping make the weapons. And she did have a really big reaction when she saw Zayden with... Violet when they went to that fortress I feel like it's because she knows what Zayden is up to and like doesn't want Violet a part of like this weapon smuggling business I can see that just something to think about okay next question every year less dragons are bonding do you think the Navarians politics are at play do you think they just follow the allegiances of their riders or choose riders they feel will support their cause it's, Do the dragons all know what's going on? I don't think so. Well, yeah, hers well, did, so it makes me think others do. Like, are they yeah. in a chat? But then, <laughs> yeah. What I think is, like, now knowing what's going on outside the realm, like, everything in the first 75% of the book is just, like, so dumb. Like, they have all this power, all these dragons, and the 400-year war they're fighting or they think they're fighting is against some Gryphon flyers who literally can't, re- like, can't scale, can't do anything, can't even yeah. cross their border. The dragons take them out in one-two punch. Why do they have to have, like, the most vicious fighters of all time? It's because, you know, they know about the Wyvern and Cryvern, but <laughs> everything just is so dumb. And I felt like in the beginning with the parapet and the obstacle course, you know, I'm only the strong survive. But then when they really start killing each other, it's like, for what? What's these war games for? How dumb? I what a waste of talent. agree. I'm like, they have got, why are there so many internal competitions to, to kill off each other? I'm right. like, yeah. these are, like, at this point, it's like a civil war is taking place. Like, you have to... And- yeah, preserve I your talent that you just cultivated for an entire year totally the, agree. i think i also think the reasoning is stupid because it's like to weed out the weakest or whatever but it's like even if that's not the case like they're still like decently strong but say you go to war right then you still have more people on dragons that right. can be more bodies like i'm not gonna say that they're gonna win and they might not they might will likely die in said war but like you have more people I yeah. didn't hate it when they were like training to get bonded. Then like get rid of the masses. The the less the better, so 
there are enough dragons per person but after they bonded and they were doing all the war games it's like no you guys made it this is the strongest of the strong like why are you killing each other I totally yeah the, all those games like felt really gratuitous and they had to take them so seriously but it's yes it's, like called a game <laughs> you're really gonna like kill your classmate over a game it doesn't matter even killing them on the mat I was like Jesus yeah Next question. There were smut scenes throughout the story. Do you feel this was necessary to show the intense physical and emotional connection between Violet and Zayden, or did it distract from the story? Absolutely necessary. Um, needed more? Okay. I have a hot take. I thought it was distracting and, like, annoying. Like, move on. Okay, get it. They had sex. Like, can we get to the rest of the book, please? Like, I know that you have to have those, like, scenes in because that's what the audience wants, but I don't know. I was just interested in the storyline. It was like a little too long-winded. Jax, you've been a mother for too long. No, I it know. It was so hot. No, it was so <laughs> good. Also, like, it took literally until 70%. Like, yeah, it took forever for them to, say. like, actually The build-up was gorgeous. Oh, my God. <laughs> All the redheads and everyone who read this was obsessing over the smut, the smut. This book is dragon smut. And when I was at the 70th percent mark and, like, there was zero smut I was like how is this the takeaway from the book it's over and it hasn't happened yeah it wasn't like so smutty because I do feel like when a book is super smutty it's like there's a lot of instances of smut and then it's gonna it's gonna kick off early maybe she would have like slept with Dane beforehand um until she got together with Zayden so it it wasn't like that frequent but I don't know it was it kind of dragged on and I know that's me being like total loser mother (laughs) but I was just like Okay, we get it. No, no, They're no. fucking. And by the way, I think you should prepare because I feel like based off of the reaction to this book, like I feel like there's going to be more smut in Iron Flame. So Well, and Love. also because now that the dam has broken, right? You know, they'll have to make up. That'll probably take 20% for her to trust him again. They'll probably have some hate sex, but there's more opportunities for <laughs> smut. And it's enemies to lovers. You really can't get frisky until 70%. At no, least and 60 if and if it's too soon, then you weren't enemies. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> wow. Next. Zayden is given the choice by Colonel Atos, quote, you have the choice of abandoning the village of our enemy or abandoning command of your wing to test his loyalty. Since they chose to save the village, do you think any of them will be able to return to Basquiat? And if so, how? No, well, I don't think they're going back. Well, Snitch I said think- the sequel is her sophomore year. Yeah, I think that she's going to go back. I think that they'll, like, figure out a way in terms of, like, either, like, she found out about it and she was, like, no, and, like, wasn't part of it. Like She'll go back undercover. Yeah, I think she's going to go back undercover. And I think, I think that they're going to, like, commute. Well, because Zayden and her can communicate, like, through their brains. But also they can communicate through their dragon. So, like, whatever she's finding out, she can communicate with Taryn, who can then communicate with Scale, and then, like, you know. So I think she's going to be an undercover cop. But I do think that I'm curious to see, even though I fucking hate him, I want to see how her relationship with Dane plays out once she goes back and she Can we talk about Dane? Can we talk about Dane? But you know what I think is going to happen with Dane? I feel like she's going to have to pretend to, like, like, fall for him. No, she's going to have to pretend like she was saw what Zayden was about and she was against it. Like, she didn't believe him. She ran away from him and to Dane so that she can, like, use Dane – that's the only way that yeah, Dane will go for it. Her. Yeah, because I yeah. do feel like this book really reminds me of like Hunger Games mostly. Yeah. There's yes, always yeah. two 
even Twilight, you know, Jacob Edward, Peter Gale. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was Dane Zayden until Dane turned out to be a fucking loser. And there was loser. never even a, what I liked about the book is there was never even a question. Like in the beginning, it was like, will it be her old childhood friend or the smoldering, you know, rebellious type? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, by literally 30%, there was no choice. Like Dane was just a fucking loser. Narc. And yep. a traitor. Uh, but I do think in the next book, she might have to like pretend to be with him and that might make feelings arise, reminding her of childhood, very much like when Bella needed Jacob to protect her while Edward was gone. No, this also gives me strong Harry Potter vibes. Like in like the latter half of the series, the the, the wizards just didn't return to school. Like the rebellion was too much. Like there was like, okay, like we are, we're folding the education piece of our of our day to day. Yeah, but I, I do like- think there's a world where she can go back and work undercover and pretend like she just, like, turned away from Zayden and all of that. Agreed. Maybe for Violet, but for the rest of, like, the rebellious kid crew. No. Because yeah. Dane and his dad, like, know what they've been up to. It's yeah. over. They'll be killed. Yeah. No, it was a test, and they failed. Mm-hmm. Of but course they, they did. can't come back. They did do a good job of, like, giving us enough I didn't leave the book being like, there's so much more I need to know. I need the second book. But it was just enough to pique my interest. Yeah. The end of the book and really the second half of it reminded me so much of Hunger Games. The end. Like how, you know, that district went underground and they're back, baby. And that's literally (laughs) what Hunger Games was. And even in Hunger Games, they're playing these dumb games the entire time. That's like, that's supposed to be the pinnacle of like danger and what's going on in the country or whatever it's called but it turns out there's this like huge war happening yes it was very similar to hunger games yeah but also someone wrote in saying they felt felt it was very similar to game of thrones where we you like the wildlings are the gryphons counselor mm. and the white walkers are the wyvern gryvern <laughs> no i think it was i think it was a healthy mix of like all of the above. It's like you think the wildlings are your enemy. You think the Gryphons are your enemy. But it's the Wyvern Cryverns. <laughs> <laughs> White Walkers. Literally. The Wyvern Cryverns. Don't even ask me what those things' names uh, are. Wyvern Venon? Venon. They Venin, needed a, that Wyvern name. That's what I think are the White Griffins. Walkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the name, but um, that doesn't stick in my head. Wyvern Venon. They're like a little too similar and a little too different. Yeah. So funny. It doesn't roll off the tongue like Wyvern (laughs) Cryvern. (laughs) Okay, next question. It seems like a common theme throughout the books is characters not being as they appear. Dane, the good guy. Zayden, the ruthless. Violet, the weak. General Lilith Sarengale, Violet's mother, appears to be heartless. However, she's one of the few people that felt Violet was capable of becoming a writer. She also objected to having the children of the betrayers be forced to watch their parents be put to death. Do you think the future books will reveal more depth of her character? What do you think her motive was for having Violet enter the writer's quadrant? I think the future books will definitely, like, give us more information. Um, But I don't know. I mean... Also, like, how can we think that she might be good if she was the one who ordered that all of the, like, the rebels get executed? Like, all, like, Zayden's, like, parents, like, whatever. All I know is there's more to it than her just wanting Violet to enter because all of the family members were writers. For sure. I agree with that. Yeah. Also, I feel like it could be a world where she really thought they were rebels. And in the two years since all of that happened, she's seen the light. 
maybe mm. even with the death of her husband. Oh, maybe. Like, maybe he left something. Maybe or... he left something, and then she saw he was killed, and she came to the table. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, also, I want to point out that, so she controls storms, and I saw this on TikTok, which I thought was interesting, is that when she was on the parapet, mm-hmm. um, Violet, that was when the storm was at its worst. So I just want that noted like, for the record. She, also, or next question, is she trying to kill her daughter? Send her to ride a squadron to die because she doesn't right. like her, and she's weak, and she's a scribe, and they have too much information. Right. And she's too curious. Like, that could easily be... It's also weird because, like, Zayden's whole thing was they would have killed us, but I convinced them to just put us in the writer's quadrant because they thought, like, we'd die there anyway if we weren't tough enough. But then they elevated Xander to, like, wing leader, et cetera. You'd think if their intention was actually to get rid of the rebels, there would be some limitations on how far they can exceed in the writer's quadrant. Yeah, but I think that once he bonded his dragon, so that's, like, a few months in, his power is kind of beyond them. And it's up to the cadets who they're going to promote and stuff. And, like... He's just the obvious choice, you know, the cream rose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next question. This is a big, big question. So General Melligren gave the rebel kids this relic that that showed that they're rebel kids and they were always going to be marked. But the general's dragon gifted the children with a relic that would block his own that would block the general from seeing them if they gathered in more than groups of three so that's why they're not allowed to gather in groups of three i thought it was just so that you know they don't plot a rebellion by the way same but it's actually because if there's more than three separatist children in a group the general can't see what they're up to why do you think the general's dragon would gift that to them how do we know the general's dragon gifted it to them that's just what it said somewhere early in the book when you didn't care enough, me included, <laughs> to understand what it was saying. But like that's got it, got fact. it. Um, no, it's a great, it's a great question. Yeah, I think that's just like one of the things that time will tell. Perhaps yeah. like the dragon knows that something is amiss outside the wards and outside of Navarre and like has an obligation to his rider to like be loyal, but like maybe also sort of like playing both sides of the coin and is like, yeah, like these kids, if they're anything like their parents, like they might unveil the reality of the situation. And like, that's like his like diplomatic way of going about it. Do you see what I'm saying? Kind of. Everyone is like looking perplexed. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really like, it's Shall I elaborate? No, it's, not, it's perplexing. Yeah. yeah. There were a lot of times in this book where I didn't care enough to think deeply about like the background or the rationale because it was not so straightforward. You know, everything seemed a little convoluted and I'm sure, Snitch, as you said, it'll get sorted out in the next few books. But like it didn't capture my interest enough for me to care enough. No, me neither. But then I've seen this question a few times and it's like this is obviously a big thing and I think it will indicate like some like some loyalties that the dragons might have going forward. Also, what I find so interesting and what she left so open-ended is that, like, they kept saying that they really don't know that much about dragons. True. And what they do know is sometimes wrong. Like, so I think when she, like, bound to two dragons or, like, they were both talking to her, she was like, what? Like, dragons can't do that. She's like, he was like, why? Because you human, you human said so. Like, 
they just don't know anything, especially like about Andarna, because like the feather tail, they don't like know much about them because they never bond. So like I think that there's with that, they can do anything because they don't know. Yeah. And what happens if, like, a dragon is at odds with their rider? Like, the rider does something that they don't agree with. I think a lot of the times, like, from what we've read, I mean, obviously, like, Violet's bond is very, very strong. But for the most part, like, a lot of the times when we were reading about people who, like, fell off their dragons, like, we know from Taryn that, like, they can catch their rider, but they don't. So it's, like, I think a lot of the time if, like, a rider does something that they don't fuck with, like, they just kill them. Hmm. But then it's but like you I, chose poorly, and like, right. I thought you're always right. Yeah, they're right. supposed to know. Yeah, dragons but don't make mistakes. What I do find interesting, well, what like I thought like was upsetting, was that Taryn like kept the whole Zayden thing from her, because like while I get that they're bonded, Scale and Taryn, it's like she needs to be able to trust him. Like, isn't that like the whole fucking point? I and feel Andarna. like he. I felt like he knew that she would know in time. Like, I feel like there's so many things about Taryn that she doesn't know yet. He's lived, what, 100 years? Right. And they'll get there. And he's been, like, revealing things slowly to her, like, even about his powers and, like, you know, showing her new stuff. So I didn't feel like it was that crazy. I think she felt like everybody knew something that she didn't. No, but, like, the thing that he knew about Zayden, it speaks to Zayden's, like, good character you know what I mean it's not like he knew that Zayden was a a a bad person like what he's doing is good and like in time Violet will know also Taryn exposing that information to Violet rather than Zayden I feel like would have just been so messy and like is Taryn really going to get involved and implicated in like human drama I feel like it's like below his pay grade and he's like you guys got this and he has an obligation to hit to Sajal. Yeah. No, but I really think, like, if, if what Taryn knew was that Zayden was betraying her, say, even on a small level, like, hooking up with someone else, like, that's something he would tell her. But yeah, it wasn't and an actual betrayal because Zayden wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. He's not actually a traitor. She's right. just still in the mindset of, like, he's aiding the enemy because she hasn't gotten all the facts of this is not the enemy. Right. She also, wasn't ready to know yet. Yes. Right. And also, I feel like what we we haven't spoken about is like for so long she thought that he like was a rebel and like never trusted him and just like that their values didn't align so like I do think we need to give her some time to like wrap her head around the fact that like it seems like he was a rebel but he's not he's actually doing it for like the greater good but like that means that like everything that I believe in is wrong right. so like she has she needs a minute to like she has some on. cognitive dissonance going on that she needs to reconcile right next redhead question My question is on Andarna. Do you feel like Violet having two dragons was a little extraneous? Did you think Andarna served a purpose? I thought the fact that she had both the most powerful dragon and a second dragon was a little over the top, especially also as the daughter of a prominent leader. What are your thoughts? I'm so agreeing with this. I don't know. Like, it was excessive. I'm like, okay, like, she has the biggest, best dragon. She has a second dragon. She is the best signet. She's, like, the daughter of a general. I was like, it's a lot. I kind of liked it because 
the book made you think she was gonna bond with our donor the whole time because everyone's mm-hmm. like feather tails don't bond feather tails don't bond feather tails are small and weak and no one sees their potential so it's like okay this bitch is obviously yeah and I thought dragon. I thought she was gonna be with a feather tail because also it would be a dragon that would be like small enough yes, for her, her. and yeah. she would and have her like old little bespoke and it was the, dragon when it was the powerful dragon what's his name Tyron 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 I was like oh this was actually a good twist like everyone thought she was going for the weak feather tail instead she got like the most powerful dragon I didn't see this coming and then when she bonded both of them I was like oh I'm still kind of happy that she got the feather tail after all me too I agree because I just like feel like Andarna is just like so cute and like I just want good things for her and like she reminded me of like Magnolia like literally (laughs) literally well people were saying so Andarna's story is that she's like this orphan dragon her parents died before she nested but then I saw I think someone wrote in asking if you think Andarna might be royalty dragon royalty I don't know what gold. that means. I don't know either. Is there king dragon? I don't know. Also, yeah, I have no idea. But honestly, like, I, I have no desire to read a book about someone who's average. So, like, yeah, I want to read a book Whoa. about, you know what I mean? Like, I want to read a book about the girl who got the chew. And it has, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to read about, like, I don't need to read about Renonian, whatever her name is. Like, I don't need a whole full book on her. No. Right. But I think what this writer is saying is, like, she's obviously exceptional. Is it all laying it a little thick when yeah. there were so many great greatness? Like, why not three dragons then? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe soon. <laughs> I thought it was just because they, like, made us think about Adarna and had to give it to us give it to us after she didn't pick her I think ultimately it's because like Andarna is going to have this like crazy power that she's able to give 1000% also because at the end of the book he said he's like Andarna's fucking huge now that's what yeah and it's been three days yeah (laughs) so what the hell is that it's giving Renesmee yeah well also because I think I also think maybe like every time she stopped time and like then she like had to go to sleep for like ages days it was like a growth spurt. Yeah, that's like Charlie when yeah. he sleeps a lot. Like when he's they bigger. So like I think Sweet it's like a growth Charlie. spurt. So she like stopped time again and then like woke up huge. I feel like Charlie's like a golden nugget also. He's Andarna. He's Andarna. Stop. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Okay. I think that, well, they did say that like she was going to grow out of it. So well, it yeah, happened. Yeah, I mean, she was a newborn. Like no one, she was never supposed to stay this small. It just kind of happened like out of nowhere. Somebody yeah. said she was going to grow out of her power. I thought it was no, supposed to like tell did. us she, yeah. that Violet was yeah. like knocked out for longer than we thought. Me too. Me too. But when it's just three days, I was like, that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, or maybe it was like Andarna gave more power to Violet in those three days to get her better. Oh. Mm. I don't fucking know. Mm. Good guess. But then wouldn't she be asleep? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this she's, whole book is just like guessing what they're doing. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it could be anything because it's made yeah, up. Yeah. You know, yep. There's no rhyme or reason. Totally. Yep. Okay, next question. The internet has convinced me that Dane is the worst, but was he really? What did you guys think about his inclination to protect Violet physically from her mother and from the writer's quadrant? When did you start hating him? And was it because of his own merit or in comparison to Zayden? Both. Trash. I actually did not hate him. He stood for what he believed in, which was the rules. And, like, I'm sorry that was a little robotic, but I kind of respect someone who's so compliant. (laughs) But, like, so much so that, like, it would kill Violet. Like, he would let Violet die just so he could... He didn't bother me until he didn't believe Violet. He believed that tramp Amber. And it's like, well, this, this... 
she was breaking the rules. Like Violet didn't break any rules in accusing Amber. And yet he like literally had two people between him and he chose Amber. Whereas like Zayden chose Violet. So it's done. No problem. He's made our choices. I also thought he was so unbelievably condescending about her strength or lack thereof. It was appalling. I was like, dude, like you have to let up at some point. Like it is so obnoxious how oh, sick you're laying this yeah. on. I no, agree. and every like, everything was like he needed to help her because he couldn't experience watching anything happen to her. And it's like, what about worry about her, not like how you're gonna feel no, if something like, happens. You couldn't yeah. you couldn't handle if something happened to her, but if the time came, like you would choose the rule book over something happening to her. Like you'd be fine with that. But I think right? that's why he was so adamant because he knew himself and then he like would he do that. And he choose. did really care about her, but like she was second no, but in like, order. He kept like underestimating her and honestly, like I feel like the in if it was a different person, like underestimating her like that would lead her to fail. As opposed to like having someone who believes in you, you're like, Oh, I can do this, like whatever. Whereas it's like, oh, not even my best friend fucking believes in me. Like there's no way I'm going to get make it over the, the power pit. Once she bonded, it was ridiculous how he was still being condescending and overproductive. Like at that point, give it up. But in the beginning, I was kind of like run to the writers. No, for sure. I think <laughs> yeah. everyone was. I don't in the beginning. Also, I thought in the beginning, like honestly, Dane was supposed to be OTP like at first. It was yeah. giving Pete and Gail. Yeah. 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 The home yes. friend always it had a thing. Daddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. A few more redheads questions. My question is, did you guys connect the dots as to why her scribe friend couldn't find the volume of fables in the archive because her brother has them? Because I didn't know that until a friend told me. Oh, that makes sense. I thought they weren't there because they were being like written out of history. Me too. That's what I thought. I thought it was. I I still didn't to this moment realize her brother had them. Does he have them? Yeah. Does he? I don't know. This girl's friend told her. Doesn't. She has she them. She has them. Remember? She has Mira, that one book. She has the one book that she didn't bring yeah. with her. And then but Mira, all the like, other books. It. But maybe the other books Brennan has. But how do we know that? I don't know. I don't know. Because her friend told her. Her friend told her. Also, speaking of the scribe friend, in the <laughs> beginning of the book, it says that this book, this whatever, was transcribed by Jasenia, I think that was her name, the scribe yeah. who is her friend, which I, do, I don't know if that means anything. I just thought that was interesting. Interesting. So it's like Jasenia wrote all the smut. <laughs> right. No, I think that it meant that Violet was dead. No, but Violet wouldn't have written because she's not a scribe. No, but I also think that maybe it means that like they're not they're not writing out history because like Jasenia wrote this and it doesn't make the it doesn't make the kingdom look good. But does the smut have to be in the history books? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess they are writing out history if the scribe wrote it. But it's the scribe that's her friend. Like maybe she's <laughs> she's going to end up being on her side. And like she, because maybe, she's, gonna, maybe, maybe she's, she's not gonna, a scribe writing no, it. No, but maybe she's going to end up being on her side. And like this is how they get the story out because her scribe friend, Jasenia, wrote it. Yeah. See, like it's a mark of a good book that it's this thought provoking enough that everybody cares to dissect every second. Me, I'm annoyed. I'm like, why are there so many unanswered questions? Like, I don't think it's like intentional even. I think it just wasn't like explained properly. Not to throw another question into the mix, but I'm going to because Taryn's previous rider allegedly died trying to save Brennan. Mm -hmm. But if Brennan is alive, what happened to Taryn's previous rider? Also, also, yeah. If Taryn, yes. No, no, no. Like something, another conspiracy. No, yeah, yeah. Taryn's previous rider was trying to help Brennan, which could be the case. Like, something might have happened to Brennan, but he just survived. Then wouldn't Taryn know that Brennan was alive? He might have known. He might have known. Another secret. Or maybe 
like maybe that rider is someone that we like know but you can't like unbond your dragon i don't know moral of the story maybe Tara, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe i don't know wait <laughs> taryn was previously bonded to brennan or not? no someone whose name starts with an n who was a healer who died trying to save brennan who was also a healer and couldn't <laughs> save himself <laughs> literally i wonder what happened to brennan's dragon because maybe like, it's with him yeah i guess it's true like how do you hide okay that last question what are your predictions for the sequel Iron Flame coming out November. I literally think Violet is going to become like the queen of the Rebellion Kingdom. I just have like a weird feeling she's going to forgive Zayden. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I think so too. Okay. I'm going to, this is what I, I said earlier. I'm going to break it down again. She yeah. goes back to Basquiat undercover. Yeah. She tells everyone Zayden and his troop are up to no good because now Kat's out of the bag now that Dane's dad sent them there like to die and they know. So it's like they will know. I think maybe they will even go to war with the rebels in that city. Violet will be playing both sides of the fence. She'll try and like make Dane think that she loves him to get like information from him and also to feed him bad information. She'll like let him read her memories, but she'll have controlled herself to like learn how to show false information. And then something with the mother will come undone, whether or not she is good or bad. And... I do think Zayden and Violet will get back together. I do think Zayden and Violet will get back together. Um, I think that Dane, I don't know if it's going to be as cut and dry as, as that. Like, I think it might end up being that, like, Dane and Violet, like, become enemies. Or lovers, somehow. She, like, falls in love with him, just like Bella and Jacob. She's too smart for that. But all yeah, those like times Zayden as and- children climbing the tree. Yeah, yeah, but she had her chance. Remember, they kissed, and she was like, mm, no, I'm good. That's true. Yeah. And that was before Zayden even infiltrated. Yeah. Guys, what if it's not as good? I think it will be really good because there are so How many. It- <laughs> there are so many unanswered questions that like all she has to do is like keep writing the first book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah which I think she's doing. Okay. So let's move on to the moral of the story. It's not really like a moral of the story type, but let's give it a shot. Dana, we know yours. Maybe. <laughs> I knew no, I actually had the quote from the book. The right way isn't the only way. When she figured out how to like get up the uh, oh that's they, true oh what yeah. do they call it the gauntlet the gauntlet like kind of cheating I like that thank you I had never underestimate yourself that's a good one snitch I had something similar about physical strength is not the only type of strength that's nice I like that. Now, I hadn't thought about it too much till we're talking about it, but I feel like something about the truth. Like, now I'm Googling quotes about the truth. Ooh, I like this one. Truth is like the sun. You can shut it out for a time, but it's not going away. Okay. Like, and that's how I feel about the wyvern and cryvern. Like, they're not going anywhere. They're going to bang down no. your door soon. 100%. 100%. They're everywhere. Oh, this one, this one. In a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. That's it. Fact. Nailed That's it. That's the one. That's it. Welcome That's to the, the revolution. <laughs> okay. Now it is time for Hollywood treatment. 
So I think this book could really be a movie slash series when it's all said and done. Agree. Who would you cast as Violet and Zayden? Well, can I can I say what TikTok's saying? Because there's like some Please common. do. Okay, it's very interesting. So Violet, like everyone says Barbara Palvin. What? But she's I, tall. And she's a model. Like she's not an actress. No, so that's a terrible call. I thought that was weird. And then weird. for Zayden, they had Charles Melton. Oh, that's not bad. No, or this guy who I was picked as mine, who I didn't even know who he was, but if you look him up, it is him. Matthew Daddario, Alexandra Daddario's brother. Oh, I love her. He's On my so way. hot. And people cast him a lot. But I, yeah. Yes, he is really hot. But Charles Melton is a great one. Mm-hmm. Or honestly, like Harry Styles. Matthew so Daddario. Harry Styles. Is good. I was thinking Jacob Elordi just because he's yeah. really tall, but yeah. he's a little too pretty. Agree. You know, I need someone like a little. But angrier. he's like not tan enough for Violet. Yeah. I did have myself because I didn't cast Barbara, Christine Froseth. Oh my god! I thought you were just saying you had yes. yourself. Me too. And Me I was too. like, you're nuts. <laughs> no, Christine Froseth is like too tall. Christine? Yeah, she's not a shorty. Violet's like five foot. Okay. Semantics. Right? I had um, Jennifer Lawrence and Liam Hemsworth because this was the Hunger Games. Okay. Oh my god. Um, I had Anya Taylor Joy or Jenna Ortega. Oh, Jenna Ortega is cute. Yeah, I like. She's that. okay. She's like feisty. That's why I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So I really, first of all, I think if this does get made, like it should be with kind of unknowns that Agreed. would launch them to superstardom. Yeah. But in my head, I really saw them maybe because of the height, Jacob Elordi and Olivia Jade. L O L. That's like when they take those paparazzi pictures of them, and he's so much taller than her. Like that's Zayden and Violet. Yeah, I see that. Wait, Zayden, I also had Taylor Zakar Perez, who no, was in no. Um, Red, no. Red, White, and Blue. <laughs> Red, how is the Red. movie? Stop. Take I, it back. I couldn't finish it, you guys. But he's, he's so like annoying. so tall, dark, and handsome. I don't think he's handsome, and I just can't separate him from the character. I know. I know. That's so funny. Wait, one more question for you guys before we move on from this book. What did you think about the nickname Violence? I thought it was so like punny. I liked it. I liked I, it. Too. I liked it too. Okay, good. I liked it. I like really didn't give it, it much cute. thought, but like he really stuck to it. Like in the middle of battle, he's calling her violence. I was like, okay. I think it's well, to kind of give her like, like mean, gusto. And he hates no, her, but I think it's, but it's like also endearing to make her feel good. Like violence. Like you can do. Like you can do this. But I also feel like on the page, the nickname isn't as great as when you have to say it. Like, because violence yeah. and violet are so similar sounding. But you're right. on the page, it's like, violence. You yeah, know? you're right. You're right. But I, I actually really liked it. I think it gave some people the ick, but not me. Not me. Nothing oh. he could do would give me the ick until his last chapter. Until he started talking. <laughs> until we met him. I yes. totally agree. Okay, let's do our overall rating of this book. Snitch, let's start with you. Honestly, I'm going high. Like, I loved this. Do it. I'm doing 4.9 just because I feel like I can't do a 5, you know? Well, I'm doing a 5 because I oh, rate okay. in, fine. in whole or half numbers. I'll do five. And I give 5s. Fives are meant to be given. I gave 4.9. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Dana? Three six, <gasps> fucking Scrooge. 
Okay, the overall Redheads rating for fourth wing by Rebecca Yaros is a 4.625. It feels low. <laughs> feels low. And that would make it number one. What? No. That makes it number one. Wow. So now Snitch claims spots one and two with fourth wing and before we were what strangers. What was before we were strangers? The rating, do you know? 4.6. Oh my god! But the fourth wing should be so much higher than one hundred percent. Like before, we were strangers is off the list. You guys, I don't think we can complain. It's number one. Okay, fine. Yes, yeah, seriously, it's not one enough. But I do think it is number one for the redheads. Like everyone I was agree. obsessed with this book. I've never gotten more outreach on a book than this. Same. I agree. So it does feel right. Oh, wow. Dana, thank Snitch you. Mazel tov. Thank That's you. great. That's a great honor. Okay, let's continue with the episode with the other books that we read this month. Who wants to go first? I did not read Diddly Squat. Oh, except I started A Court of Thorns and Roses, oh, which yeah. is Tell like the, that. it's like supposed to be like fourth wing, like fantasy series. People are obsessed. I got to 50% before I went into labor and then I never picked it up again. I wasn't like hating it. I was trying to get into it, but I did not get into it and I really don't want to go back to it at this point but I kind of want to get that marked off my shelf like to get it off my iPad and so that um I get it counted towards my Goodreads goal so I might go back to it is that a series I keep seeing it like it's Akotar? a series yeah, Akotar. yeah. and people are obsessed like I so I yeah, do want to seen that everywhere I've been trying to see what it's about but I just like really couldn't get into it oh you know what I actually read a lot since our last episode but but not since I gave birth so I'll just continue because I read Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano so good it was really good literary prose interesting storyline not like my favorite outcome I thought a lot of time was wasted between the family members but I gave it a four because it was very well done then I read The Trophy Wife by Valerie Keough, which is like thriller, you know, suspense. I really liked it up until it all like unfurled. I thought the buildup was so good. They were really like creating a great story. And then what wound up happening was ridiculously dumb. Three stars. I read American Guilt Debut by J.D. Peterson. It's a true story, like historical fiction about some socialite in the Gilded Age. Uh, I didn't like the book two stars and then the reason why I didn't like the book is because it's based on a true story but it's a three-part series book and they didn't get to the meat of anything that happened and this true story is so crazy but none of that all starts in the sequel like I'm sorry I didn't like the first book enough to continue so I just read about it on Wikipedia and then I read The Perfect Marriage by Geneva Rose which was another psychological thriller who done it and I liked it I thought I did I only gave it three stars though I don't think I loved how it ended and that's that Nice. Yeah, sorry. I buried the lead. Good job. Bex, what'd you read? You guys, I read one book in two months. Well, Lo you were Santa. getting married. I was getting married. I could not focus. Um, and I read um, The Quiet Tenant, which is everywhere Everyone's right now. Everyone's talking about it, yeah. Everyone's talking about it. You guys, not for me. I gave Why? it a 5 It was incredibly predictable and frustrating it like I I didn't know what else possibly could have happened everybody was like I was on the edge of my seat I'm like how were you on the edge of your seat like it was just day by day what we would have expected to happen I heard it was like room which I personally cannot love I cannot 
in, enter a room. Like that's just I can't. It was do like it. room. It was like room and like like devotion to your captor type psychology. Oh, I think I would like that. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, Dana, <laughs> Dana loves you. Would. <laughs> well, I'm glad you read it because I've been seeing it everywhere. So I'm glad it has some representation on the show. You wouldn't like it. No, I, I can't fuck with room. Like that, seeing it once was enough. Loved room. <laughs> Dana, what'd you read? I only read two books, but one was 750 pages. It took me so long. The Covenant of Water by Abraham Brigisi. I gave it a 3.4. He wrote Cutting for Stone, which was my all-time, one of my favorite books. So good. This was not even close into the realm of brilliance that Cutting for Stone was, but I liked it enough. Um, it was just so, so long. And then I read The House on the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. Oh, I've it, seen that everywhere. Okay, so it's like fantasy magical creature shit. So I maybe that was why I was so jaded against this book because it was like too much for me. But I did really like it. I gave it a 3.7. Great. Snitch? I read, I don't remember if I, the night when I read The Nightingale, I don't know if I spoke about it on here, so I read The Nightingale, loved it. Um, I so read good. You With a View by Jessica Joyce, which was like good and cute, but it was like kind of about an influencer TikToker, and like I hate those kinds of books. So I don't know. It really has know. to be good. Yeah. Otherwise, it like it's cringe. Fine, but it was just like, I just like hate, it was actually a really sweet story, but like I just can't. Um, I read Icebreaker, which is like a dumb, smutty ass book, but I loved it. <laughs> Um, in the likely event by Rebecca Yaros. Rebecca Yaros is like coming up there with like my one of my favorite authors. Um, was it as good as Fourth Wing? It wasn't as good as Fourth Wing. It was just like she weirdly because she wrote like um, she's written a bunch of books that I've read that are so good. And, like she's very much like ooh, sorry, sorry. She's very much like a romance writer. So like this like fantasy was like her first time going into this world. Um, so it was really good. I finished the American Royal series Rivals. Um, I just like I've grown up, you know, since the series. I love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. <Me> too. <laughs> um, and then I finished the Things We Never Got Over series. The last book came out, Things We Hide from the Light, which was really good. A little too long, but good. Um, yeah. Things We Hide from the Light. It's a lot, Snitch. Jam. Thank you. So like Things We Hide. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. Well, that is our episode so fun reading Fourth Wing with you guys. Before we go, Bex, what are we reading next month? Hey, so we are reading The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston. So you guys, I needed a easy, not easy, but just a more lighthearted selection following my book hangover from Fourth Wing. So this is a paranormal romance novel. There's spooky vibes, which is perfect as we head into spooky season. I think it's a little spicy, seemingly lighthearted, and I hope everybody enjoys. I can't wait. Looks great. I'm down for lighthearted and spooky and Happy spooky season, everyone. Happy spooky season. This time last year, I selected Hester, which was like my spooky season selection. So I, I'm honored that I have this role amongst the redhead crew. Yeah, you got to take your month seriously. For sure. Or else what are we doing here? Literally. Okay, well, love you guys. We actually are going to see you next week because we have a special episode dropping for Camper and the Counselor. So you don't have to wait too long till you, you see your girls. Love ya. Bye. Bye. Love ya. Love ya.